0: We get a lot of emails from beloved souls who have been absolutely terrified by their church and Christian friends because, you know, that's so Christ-like, not. They're told that they're not enough, that their parents are right or their pastors are right, and they're just awful, and if they can't change their fundamental core, they're doomed. No, you're not doomed. So today we're going to talk about two different kinds of Christianity, very different. And it's up to you, which one you want to be part of.
1: Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay?
0: Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. My name is Robert Cottrell, and I'm here as always
1: with- Susan Cottrell. Hi there. Hi.
0: Um, Again, welcome, connect with us, freedhearts.org. Please share about this podcast. From whatever platform you're using it on and whatever platform you're listening on, please rate us five stars. If you want to give us five stars, don't forget we're free hearts. If it's four, three, two, or one or zero, we're, we're called somebody else. else. Yeah, we're, some, we're <laughs> the, the moms of liberty. What is that one? <laughs> so anyway, please rate us. It doesn't mean more than you know in terms of um, uh, showing up in algorithms and all that kind of you stuff. You
1: may know that you it know, means yeah. a lot. So, so, anyway, thank yeah. you so
0: much. Well, let me start by saying, last week we talked about, uh, we're going to talk today about going into the holidays and about the definition of family and, uh, and our expectations uh, around family and, and what that means and what we expect from that. That's going to happen next week, actually, because... We want to do one more episode. We've talked for two weeks in a row about about uh, defending yourself, about defending yourself, your beliefs, how you don't need anyone's approval, and about being caught in that Christian labyrinth. So we want to do one episode specifically here and talk more about the Christian labyrinth because I think that's a great image. It's a great check you can have in your spirit for when you get on that, like, oop, I've stepped back in the labyrinth, time to get out. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to dive into this ancient myth. And this is motivated by all, again, all the emails and questions that we get from people who reach out in in terrible fear, as you've heard, that they're not enough, Mm. that their parents are right, that their pastors are right, and they're just awful. And they can't change their fundamental core of who they are, or they're doomed if they can't change that. No, you're not doomed. So today we want to talk (laughs) about two Different kinds of Christianity, and I guess it's not Christianity as in a religion. I we'll talk more about that because I realize that's kind of triggering a little bit there, but very different about two kinds of faith. Yeah, faith. Really, Uh, that's good. And up to you which one that you want to follow or on your own, you know, something else. So, so but you got a joke. You got a joke. I do. Yeah, and we we haven't had a joke in a long time because I know. I've been waiting for you to come up with them since you <laughs> clearly have taken the role of you, joke the teller. Jo-
1: you are the joke teller. No,
0: no, no, Well, evidently not today. <laughs>
1: not today. You got a joke. <laughs> so this pastor dies and goes to heaven, and he meets Peter at the gate. Side note, what kind of gig is this for Peter? How did he get this job? For all eternity, he's like, thanks, God. I'm one of the 12 apostles, an original follower of Jesus, the cornerstone of the cur- church, And now I'm standing at the entrance to heaven with a clipboard, okay, an iPad, (laughs) checking people in forever. Are you kidding me? Okay, so this pastor dies, shows up at heaven, and there's Peter with the iPad. And the pastor asks, I've been a Christian since I was a little boy. Tell me what I need to do to get in here. Peter smiles a little smile and says, 100 points. Tell me what you got. And the pastor says, oh, okay, well. I've been a pastor for 37 years. He's clearly proud of himself. And Peter says, okay, that's good for 20 points. The pastor's jaw drops. I mean, this was pretty much what he had to show for himself. Peter watches him and says, okay, 25 points. (laughs) Well, that's better, but he's got a long way to go. He says, I help serve at the food kitchen on Thanksgiving. Peter says, five points. It's worth more than at other times of the year, but... Because everyone serves at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so the pastor is sort of losing losing it now. And he racks his brain for more things to tell. And suddenly a young guy walks right past him and straight into heaven. And the pastor recognizes this guy and he sputters, how did he get in here? He never even went to church. Peter smiles and says, oh, he's not playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> I love this joke because it shows that we made this up, these rules and regulations and requirements of what is needed and all the details. We made it up. We read back into the Bible and we made it our God. Mm. All the rules and regulations we have made our God.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, we hear people, we hear it said all the time, profit over people. But this is theology over people and yeah. and often profit over people, too. Yes. Uh, it's a man-made, heavily changed, edited, translated, incorrectly translated, added to, removed from theology. You know, we we had someone say to us— And you
1: meant literally man-made, not yes. human-made, yes.
0: yes. Yeah, that's true, man-made. <laughs> um, and we heard someone say, well, you don't believe in the original Bible, someone commented. "You it was like, okay, hang on for a second— <laughs> And I said, well, okay, thank you for that comment. (laughs) What do you consider the original Bible? And they said, well, the King James Version, of course. I'm like, okay, do you know that was published about 1,600 years after Jesus died? I mean, okay, but that's the, anyway, okay. So this episode is a tale of two faiths. The first is the faith of the pastor at the gate. And the second is the faith of the guy who walked right past him, Right straight into heaven. And we're going to start with the first one. And the image that we've been using for this kind of religion, this kind of faith, rules-based, is a labyrinth. And we want to expand on that
1: today. Yeah, and it is religion. which This one is religion. Yeah. So talk to me
0: about labyrinth.
1: (laughs) Talk labyrinth to me. (laughs) So in Greek mythology, the labyrinth, (gasps) was an elaborate, confusing structure designed and built by Daedalus for King Minos. This is straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> the labyrinth's function was to hold a minotaur, that monster that was eventually killed by the hero Theseus. And Daedalus had made the labyrinth so cunningly that he could barely escape it after he built it. That's all from Wikipedia. Isn't that fascinating? Fascinating. And isn't that how you always saw it? Dark, underground, and it will trap you forever. Our modern, American, rules-based, non-affirming Christianity is a labyrinth. It is impossible to navigate. It's built to hold the scary monster, Satan, demons, your own inner thoughts, <laughs> with a trap door at the center that goes straight to hell. Yeah. This is and you
0: And you say your own inner thoughts because that's what they say. You know, that you oh, can't right, trust your heart, right. that your inner thoughts are wicked. So I didn't mean to group in our inner thoughts with Satan and demons. No, so,
1: right. Yeah, but ones, that's what they do. Right, yeah, right. It. This is rules based theology. Just also, by
0: the way, I love this image because, <laughs> because this labyrinth. I love you so much. Two episodes ago, we had someone write back, like, oh my gosh, I love that. And, and as you wrote her back and talked about the labyrinth and it's an image that I think you can use in there, like on your radar, that when you get sucked into the debate or when you wonder about your own approval or you wonder about this kind of stuff, you get sucked into that rules-based, this rules-based religion kind of thing. It's like, oh, I step back in the labyrinth, get out, you know? So that's why I think this is really cool.
1: Yes. So So this is rules-based theology. Prove to me you're acceptable to God, it says. Prove to me it's okay to be gay or trans or bi, it says. Because it is all about vanquishing that monster constantly breathing its acrid breath at you so that maybe somehow you can become pleasing to God. Because the God of the labyrinth will make you earn your approval, make you prove your value, but you probably won't get it anyway. People die in this church-created labyrinth, getting lost and confused, trying to work their way out of this dark, confusing pit and into love and acceptance. And most never do, because one doesn't lead to the other. Like the pastor who stands at the gate in a panic, scrounging around for things he's done to earn his way, but his best efforts have yielded him only 30 points out of 100. He can't get there from here. And to play the game is to lose the game.
0: Say that again. To play.
1: To play the game is to lose the mm. game.
0: If, if you're in Remember the labyrinth in, trying to figure your way out, it's that's the game you don't want to play. Right.
1: Remember in church, if this was the church that you were part of, where they said, you can either be perfect and, and earn your own way by being perfect, which nobody can, or... Or you can accept Jesus into your heart and go that way. And people are like, "Oh, I'm going to accept Jesus. That's the way I want to do it." And then you get in there, and it's like, "But you better keep these rules to earn yeah. your way in. You have it's to like, be straight mm, and this, this, and this." That's I right. Thought you said there was yeah. there were yeah. two there. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: and again, to, you don't want to play the game because the game is stacked God. against you.
1: That's right. It's based on lack and struggle and a snowball's chance in hell of actually succeeding. In this paradigm, we are born fallen, cursed with original sin, because we couldn't obey the simplest rule and not eat the forbidden fruit. Yeah, that'll land you in hell. So we deserve whatever awful wrath we get. That's the story of the ancient myth.
0: By the way, that's a story that's not just limited to Christianity, just Mm -hmm. FYI. Mm -hmm. It's that version of that story is, is used by a lot of different
1: faiths. Right. Yeah. Right, because it was taken from the culture. Okay, so when people treat you terribly, when your parents throw you out of the family, when your pastor throws you out of the church, well, it's your own damn fault. That's what the (laughs) theology will tell you. It's not true, but that's how the theology goes. Not only that, but everybody and their aunt thinks they have a right to harass you about every single thing about you, to weigh in on everything from your clothing to your intimate sexuality or gender identity or spiritual identity, what God thinks of you, your own conversations with God. Nothing is too personal for those gatekeepers to tell you how you'll never make it unless you become what they want you to do. You won't stand a chance.
0: And if you go back and listen to, or if you remember the episode about there's nothing wrong with you, the core of the brainwashing that these people have been subjected to says that they're broken, they're fallen, they're awful. And so because they feel that way in part about themselves, the 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 most effective way to avoid that conversation in their own heart is to, is to say it about somebody else. You know what I mean? Yes. So now the tempting thing in all this is to debate with them because their arguments are so easy. They are so easy to dismantle if common sense were to prevail, which it's not, but common sense does not prevail because this conversation is based on you being so wrong that you don't even get a vote in your own life.
1: Wow! You start. Wow, thank you, you,
0: Church. You start to argue back with them, and you'll find that you have fallen into this dark, dank labyrinth of no return. And I, yes. I need an echo there. Labyrinth of no return. return labyrinth of return, no return.
1: return. Yeah.
0: You remember we talked about this a couple of episodes ago? You can't do the echo thing.
1: I don't. I'm not going to. do You stole the echo. my jokes. Yeah.
0: You did steal my jokes. You, you, you stole my role Came don't up with clown damn jokes. Don't, don't. <laughs> You're getting feisty. Funny. I like that. The word is I funny. I like that. And feisty. <laughs> I like that. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Don't be sorry. But many of you have had these conversations, haven't you? Yep. And I have for years now. I've kept tabs with a particular family member, calling them when they never called me, until the day I realized in their off-the-wall remarks I'm not arguing with you, I'm arguing with the radical white right wing white <laughs> wing whoops media right white wing media it's true they didn't even deny it. your detractors will pull out the swords of certainty <laughs> of their pastors of biased media sources, a whole litany of things that don't even make sense they don't make sense, and they'll jab you with those swords and you thought. You would have a reasonable conversation, but no, that's not possible because you're in a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. You can't see, you can't think, you can't breathe. A dark, endless, dripping labyrinth.
0: Well, and the entire point of a labyrinth, the goal of a labyrinth is confusion. Right. Is not knowing where you. you are, not yeah. going where, or not knowing where you're going, yeah. not knowing exactly where you've come from. Right. And just a constant state of confusion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like putting you in a cage to disorient you until they've broken your will. Then Mm. they can do what they want. Mm. So when our oldest child was like two, he would resist putting his toys away. And I, his mother, would explain why it was needed, et cetera. And Rob, (laughs) the adult, would say, don't debate with him. Because then we've got two two (laughs) two-year-olds. And he was right. He said, you've got to tell him, just pick up his stuff. That's it. It was true. And I, I never should have gotten in that ring with him, that white right wing with him, <laughs> um, with my two-year-old, my two-year-old to argue about putting his stuff away. And so you do not need to get into that labyrinth. It will go nowhere. It's dark and drafty and dank, and you'll get jabbed out of nowhere. It's very difficult to keep your wits about you because yeah. it's designed, just like you just said, to confuse you and entrap you. Mm. So, but here's, here's the turning point. Here's the crossroads now, the, the other fork in the road. You may be familiar with another kind of labyrinth, and it's above ground. It's laid out in the grass and wood or stones, and you walk the path. It's like a mandala. You've probably seen them. And it represents the spiritual journey. But it's light. It's above ground. You can step out of it at any point. You don't get confused. You can see the whole thing. No one's jabbing you or challenging your right to be there or telling you that you don't belong or God is not happy with you. On the other side of religion, this is this is based on love. In this mandala slash labyrinth, you're able to walk your own journey unhindered by others who want to direct you and threaten you and tell you what your journey Mm, should be. It is relaxed and chill and lovely, and everyone is welcome. And if you do pass someone in the mandala, you just smile gently or avert your gaze to keep to your own process. No one is excluded from God's above-ground labyrinth. Churches that have this kind of labyrinth Such as some of the Episcopal and Presbyterian and Methodist and many others are the same churches that include all some of them, not all of them. That's how divisive everything's gotten. And they're the same churches that rules based Christianity doesn't even consider to be Christians. (laughs) Really?
0: Yeah, we heard that a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, the Evangelicals are not really Christians.
0: That's right. It's so funny because Methodists aren't. Yeah. Any any. We heard and we're told from the pulpit that if you're part of a denomination that you're sucked into the rules-based thinking as they then shell out a bunch of rules that we need to keep there. You know right, what I mean? Right. So anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a great response because then it terrifies right. you to just, oh, we got to keep our distance from them. Right. You know? So. Right.
1: And this, these mandalas are used by Eastern and other yeah. faiths and, and non-Christian faiths that don't consider themselves to be Christian. Mm-hmm. So the rules-based church of the underground labyrinth is based on answering every question with certainty and no room for discussion or for deep questions. It's a trap to keep you from getting out, but to be bound following exactly where they lead you. So, and the word labyrinth seems to be related, they're not positive, to a word for double-bladed axe. The word maze, which is a synonym for labyrinth, Comes from the words yeah. to perplex, bewilder, confused, or delusion, bewilderment. So, amaze, amaze as one word, originally meant to stun or stupefy someone, which we talked in the previous mm, yeah. episode about. That the word stupid comes from that. And that's the idea of what you find in rules based church. And, you and, are confounded yeah. and deluded and bewildered into following the rules they lay out for you. Sacrificing family and self for the church, not the people, yeah. but the leaders.
0: And if your if your ongoing state of mind is to be bewildered and confounded and delusional, yeah, then certainly it's like, oh God, please hold my hand, Pastor. Don't let me, you know. And the pastor here, I'll take right. care of you. Just stay in the community. Stay inside the box. Right. Stay here with us. Right. You're safe
1: here. Yeah. You're you're broken, therefore you need me to fix you. Right. (laughs) How convenient. Right. So, you know, and you pay a high price in that construct for noncompliance. High price. Mm -hmm. But by contrast, the word mandala is Sanskrit for circle, which is fitting for the love-based church of the above ground, the mandala labyrinth in which everyone is welcome. It is based on questioning answers with room, always room, for discussion and deep conversation Mm. and deep questions. My seminary was this above-ground labyrinth type, and it came right when I was deconstructing my evangelical underground labyrinth belief system, which I'm amazed now, amazed, stunned, (laughs) that it was so scary at the time to deconstruct that. And now I feel so lucky to have broken free from the labyrinth that I got out of there in one piece. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. so good. Now we say this like we started out saying that this can be a real on your radar word, this this picture of a labyrinth. Yeah. The one kind that's underground or with the super high walls that you can't see anything in and you don't know where you're going versus the the other kind of labyrinth that is a that is on the ground and you can see everywhere and it's a circle and it's just, there are two things there. And what we want you to do is to kind of, oh, I've stepped into the underground labyrinth. I've stepped in there, I need to get out. Yeah. Don't go in the labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go in the labyrinth.
1: It's interesting because a young gal that I, I did a session with um, That's was, one of your counseling
0: sessions you talked about, yeah. or your your life coaching, coaching sessions. Yeah. yeah,
1: she was destroyed by her mother's demands from the church, and yet when I was talking to her in her 30s, she was wanting to go to find it, like to go to church. She wanted she wanted to go to church, and we talked about not a, not an affirming church, but just a church. Oh
0: yeah, I remember and this.
1: we talked about why do you want to go to church after what has happened to you there? And she said, well, we kind of dug in. We had to do some, you know, inner child thing. But we we found that she's still seeking approval from God, that approval that her mother never gave her and God of her mother never gave her. Yeah. She was still seeking that. But that's all in the labyrinth. Mm. So you want to pull back from that and say, why? Because now she's discovering God In a in an above ground labyrinth way, and she does not go to church. She has her own spirituality that is exploding in her, and it's blossoming so beautifully. So
0: it's interesting because, yeah. yeah, as I remember, even in a situation like in a corn maze, yeah, which could be fun, yes, I do have this little bit or big bit of I'm afraid. Yeah. I don't know the way out. I might get lost. I might miss the corn dogs or whatever else is serving <laughs> at the pumpkin.
1: Or I, your family in the rest of your yeah, life. That's yeah, that's right.
0: Well, you got your priorities. Uh, <laughs> but even in that kind of situation, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I've also done the, is it a, a mandala? Is that right? Yeah. Type of labyrinth. And there's peace there. Mm-hmm. Every time I've done that, there's just mm-hmm. this peace. hmm because I can, I'm I'm not lost. It's, yeah, the goal is not confusion. The goal is peace. Yeah, and and it's just it's just yeah. I think it's a great visual yeah. to remember. Because again, don't get into conversations with people. Don't go into the labyrinth and get in these conversations because they're just committed to misunderstanding you. Yeah, to confounding you, to confuse you, and you don't
1: need that. And by contrast, that mandala labyrinth, they're just made of stones on the path or, or, you know, something. And you can just step over it. At any point, you can just step over it.
0: And don't think, well, I'm going to go in the labyrinth and lead somebody out of it. That's not, unless they make it clear that they're really asking and seeking to understand. Yeah. Which a lot of people have a bad track record on this. You can expect it to be a trick to get you in, not to help them get out. Yeah. So, thanks for listening to that. We appreciate it. We just love that analogy and wanted to, to kind of seal it right there. So, and it you know, may be that ahead.
1: if and it may be that a good. There are several ways to assess someone's willingness, but start with your story, your experience. It just a, just a bite bite size, and if they respond with with real curiosity and yep. and grief about what you've been through. Then that is one type of listening. Yes. Where or
0: well, it's listening. It's actually. List, Then it's listening. Yeah. So if, they, if seek, they respond with, if they seek to know you, yes. to know your circumstance and your story yeah. better, if they listen, yeah, and respond with "Tell me more," right? That's an indication that there may be a genuine willingness, right, to hear on this. If they At respond least to some degree, you can, yeah. If they respond with answers and scriptures and And their point to let you talk was just to have you be quiet so they can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but that's that's right. So that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. So so next week, as we said, we're going to start getting into the holidays and talking about family and our family definition. What does family mean? Defining family. And now what what do we expect from family? Yeah. And maybe it's time to adjust both both of those things for our own peace of mind and health. Yeah. And we're going to lead this right into the holidays, and because uh, I know, because we know that this can be a very difficult and painful time. Yeah. So, and you don't deserve that.
1: Yeah, even we, if you don't, aren't part of the holidays, just the memories that come yeah, up and the, yeah. the cords it pulls. And yeah. the
0: rejection, the being uninvited. The bride like of all that. that. So, yeah. right. so, and again, you don't deserve that. It doesn't serve you because you are beloved as you are for who you are. We say that all the time and we will never stop. So don't ever forget that We love you We'll
1: talk to you next week Bye Would it be okay If I were to tell you That I am afraid Someday So I call you up And you call me down Would it be okay
0: You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast We have extensive resources And vibrant, inclusive community for you At freedhearts.org Please just come say hello if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for the podcast, just email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. Audio engineering is provided by Luke Johnson. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Center. You can find out more about her and her music at heysaintcenter.com. Please share, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform, and support us if you can. Thanks for listening.